Hi, my name is Kimberly, and you're listening to the Spine Whispers podcast. With me are Dr. Josh Fink, Dr. Matt Fink, and Dr. Brad Maurer. Welcome to the Spine Whisperer podcast. This is episode three, Tick Tock. All right. Kim isn't with us this week. She is... Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to where she is. She's somewhere. She'll be back. Somewhere not here. So we have to try to do this without her, uh, without just horribly embarrassing ourselves. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about sleep, its effects, and we've just gotten many, many, many questions about it. It just doesn't get the respect that it deserves, considering one-third of your life is what you're, it's what you're doing. So it um, seems like it's either two extremes. People either just love it, and that's all they do, is all they want to do, or we have these super mutants in the office that are like, I haven't slept since 1993. Like, <laughs> Dude, stop. Yeah. Anyway, with me, as always, Dr. Brad Maurer, Dr. Matt Fink. Hello. My name is Dr. Joshua Fink, and uh, we want to talk about two meta topics today. The first one we've inserted just at the last minute here. I want to talk about ticks for a second. Not T-I-C-S, T-I-C-K-S, the super gross ones. The six-legged larval stage, eight-legged something else stage. They're just super gross. And the last thing I want to do is waste our patient's time by talking about this, but last year, a forest ranger down in southeast Missouri State, he got Rocky Mountain spotted fever. And um, we talk about tick-borne diseases like Lyme disease or uh, tularemia. Rocky Mountain spotted fever is no joke. I mean, it is a neurological complication. It is a bad deal. And this year already, I personally have seen two ticks on our patients. So you know, like, it's going to be a bad... They're powerful this year. <laughs> it's going to be a bad deal. You know, and then um, when you get this much water every third day, you know, it's really limiting uh, uh, people's exposure to the outside. And sooner or later, they're all going to go outside. Those ticks are going to be out there waiting. They're ready. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just <laughs> looking at your door. They're just uh, like, come, come on out. out. <laughs> then they just get destroyed in these storms. So that'd be so, it'd be so great if, if you could, like, hunt them down. But, man, they are just horrible. So, um I want to talk about that for just a second, and then I know you guys have a couple tips for, for our, our podcast listeners. So for those of you who don't know, when ticks transmit disease, they can do it in a couple different ways. And those ways are gross, and I don't want to talk about it with people driving their cars around, throwing up in their laps or something. But what I want people to understand is that one of the hallmarks of a common tick-borne diseases is high fever. So you go to the woods, you go camping, you do fun stuff in the woods, which is where I'd love to be every day. And you come out of the woods, and there's a couple of ticks on you, you get rid of them, you know. But then a couple of days later, you, you get a high fever, or your child has a high fever. And I mean a 103, 104, you know, high fever. Now, in the healthcare community, we talk about therapeutic fevers. You know, if your child's asleep, he's got a 101 degree fever, and he's not restless, you know, just let it ride, you know. A high fever, 103, 104. They'll be in pain. That is not therapeutic. So we need our patients to understand, everybody listening, you go in the woods, you have a tick, you get it off you. If you get develop a high fever, your child develops a high fever, that is go to your primary medical doctor immediately or call the hospital. Like that needs to be dealt with. And I wouldn't ever want anybody to, to mistake that as a therapeutic fever or, or just this bizarre thing. You know, what helps is that you're going to be in the woods in the summer. You don't really get fevers as commonly now so it'll stick out a lot more but i just i would want people to take it very very seriously because i i just 
you know, ticks in general drive me crazy. They don't do anything, you know. And uh, even as a biologist, I think I've been mad at ticks for a long time. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's my piece. And if people just do that, we'll have, we'll have a great handout on the site. Um, I've taken the time to just hand out a fantastic tick handout this week in the office. And we're also going to put it in the references section on the website. It's got a really cool picture of areas that commonly check for ticks. So, Dr. Brad, you have a tick. Tick tip. Tip. Yeah. For the people. Tick tip. This is so much going on with the alliteration. <laughs> I just have trouble keeping up. I think part of, well, big part of it, you know, I've had them in the past is how you remove them, mm-hmm. you know. The last one I remember, I actually had to have, you know, sometimes it's on a spot where you can't oh, reach. Yeah. It's on your back. You need, oh, yeah. you got to get somebody you gotta else. you got to get a team in there. Yeah. And it might be a good idea anyway because when you're pulling, you want to pull it straight out. And if you're trying mm-hmm. to do it yourself, it's on your back or your shoulder, and you're trying to pull that thing <laughs> off, your legs are going to be left in there, and you're going <laughs> to squeeze it, and it's going sh- oh, to right. So we don't, we don't want that. So <laughs> get some help. Make sure you pull it straight out, that sort of thing. All right, fantastic. I think the last time I had them was our paintball. Our, oh, our, man, yeah. We took, oh, we took patients so out to, to play a little paintball, Wacky and it was like two days later. Yeah. I didn't, you know. I would. Yeah, because they're always in that one spot, those ticks. Position. Like, they're yeah. never like, oh, there's a good spot on the shoulder blade. No, yeah. they're like, I'm going to go where it's going to be, like, socially uncomfortable as well as emotionally uncomfortable right. for the for the person. Like, that's I think that's what I like about ticks. Like, they're like... Just you bite my arm, fine. Let's we'll duke it out. But if I gotta find a tick, you know, at other times, it's just it's just it's not, un it's unnerving. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. Like, how did you get in there? How are you still? How here? do I not know that you're in there? Like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, come on. But yeah, that paintball. No, that was a lot of fun. I remember the the welts for days. Yeah, well, I remember. Were, I remember were shooting us illicitly. Like rule number one was you know. Don't shoot anybody at point blank. Don't shoot anybody from one foot Next away. Next thing you know, Dr. Matt's taking it. Take it. Just inner thigh. Inner thigh and by by 11, 11 year old. 11 year old. Yeah. Unnamed. An unnamed 11 year old. Yeah, they got right. <laughs> You know, we don't want to embarrass anybody. Yeah. You know, He may hear about it every once in a while. Yeah, he hears about it. I know he does. Isn't I, know. I know I don't have any ticks on me because I got shot so many times. <laughs> they could have penetrated the paint. They're all dead. <laughs> you got to get in the correct spot. Yeah, uh, he did. Uh, Dr. Matt, do you, right any, do you have any? Uh, do you have a tick tip for the people? Tick tip. So when we talk about you know going on the trails or going hiking or going out and being under a canopy of trees, we want to make sure that we're wearing long clothes. You know, not heavy clothes, but light clothes, mm-hmm. stuff that you can move in, stuff that you're able to shed really quickly after you get done with the trail, so that when you go to check yourself, you're not. It's not like a. It's not a super long process, but gotcha. you make sure. And then a hat or a cap or any kind of cool safari-like yeah. thing that you wear on top of the head. Um, and then be aware of the actual areas that you need to check. Right. Yeah, because those are, those are, they don't like stray from yeah, those we'll areas. Yeah, we'll have our, right, we'll have yeah. our, uh, our, Under super, night. <laughs> our super androgynous uh, 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 picture up so yeah, that people here. can see it. Yeah, look X in these spots. X marks the spot. That's, it really does in this particular case. Yeah, the, um, the way the ticks hook on to people is most of the time they'll do what's called questing. And uh, uh, I know. And what they do is they, they take their hind legs to hold onto a leaf or a blade of grass up high so that anything that comes by, they hook onto it because they're just so gross, you know, and that or they jump on you off the tree. So they'll position themselves along a well-used trail. How they know that, who knows? But there's even some evidence that they can tell the difference between a person and a shadow somehow, you know. There's some pretty cool evidence coming out about them. I, I'm a fan of just throwing them all in the ditch, you know what I mean, <laughs> and just leaving them there. But, you know. <laughs> 
You know, it really, if a tick does anything good, it's that it makes our friend, the opossum, who's just got a bad rap, make you better. Because opossums yeah. will just tear up a tick. It just, yeah. you know, we have a, we, I hope he's still out there. We have a great big opossum living out by the house. And I haven't seen him in a while. He's like the dark knight. You know, yeah. we, we, so yo, he, he's what, like, you got, what you got out here? He's like, I'm out here because I can take it. You know, <laughs> he's a he's I'm the, the hero old, you need. <laughs> the old possum. Yeah. Okay, that's ticks. I don't want to spend a lot of time on them because they're gross, but our people need to know. So, you, do you have anything else? Do anybody care? Anything? Add anything more about ticks? I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, those are just be aware. Yeah, check just yourself. be aware of all times. Yeah, yeah. just and that's it. Like you check yourself, it'll be fine. Like they'll never be on your body long enough to cause that kind of trouble. But like you forget about it. Or you don't, you know, take skip a shower one day or something, coming out of the woods, man. I just, you know, it's just brutal that something that sly can cause something like that. I want people to be inconvenienced with the amount of tick checking they're doing. Yeah, but like, I yeah. can't believe these guys are still talking about this. I can't believe they want us to check us every time we go in. That's that. right. That's right. Um, because we'd rather be. A colossal waste of your time that right. you guys get. The one Sometimes person yeah. gets sick. To, uh, yeah. yeah, take those clothes inside out, too. Yeah. They'll, they'll find their way. They'll attach on your inseam mm. or the pants. And just what I do is I just burn them. Just burn them. <laughs> yeah. By <laughs> immediately <laughs> burn them. Oh, because, like, you wash, um, you know, that compound, the Rickettsi, you put those guys in a washer with lukewarm water. That's not going to kill them. Yeah, you flush them down them. the toilet. You know? that's, oh, that's just, a, that's just a water park for them. Yeah. Like, they need to be, you have to heat them up to kill them. So, they put that dryer on, you know, mutant invasion level. Like, you you need it hot. You know, like at our house, we you want them scalded. You know, that's why, like, bed bugs, you have to wash them in extremely hot water to kill them. So, all right, we'll talk about all that another time. Let's get on to the, the major topic for this afternoon's podcast. And um, you'll notice our podcast was called TikTok. And uh, Dr. Matt thought that up. It's probably one of the best podcast names because we were talking about ticks, and now we're going to talk about sleep. And then, like, I could put the whole thing together for you, but it'd be stupid, so I'll leave that to everybody else, too. I want to talk about sleep, sleep patterns, sleep's effect on the body, because like I said at the top of the podcast, you know, there's just two kinds of people out there, people that do not sleep at all, and people that that's all they want to do is sleep. We've all got that friend that just, <laughs> just always, just, I remember going to Cairo games, there was this kid, <laughs> he slept, <laughs> he slept on the bus ride down there to Dallas. He slept at the Cairo games. He didn't participate in a game. Like we went to Dallas. He didn't. He was on like three teams. He was on soccer. He was on the basketball team, and I think there was a sand volleyball that year. And he didn't go to anything. And then got on the bus and left. I'm like, did you even see Dallas? Like you just saw the inside of your room. He's just he's practicing around here now. Actually, so I want people to have a good operational definition of what's going on when they're asleep. And then um, Dr. Matt is going to talk about the consequences of poor sleep. And then, because we're just the best doctors on earth, we're going to give you guys tips for getting a better night's sleep. Not just identify the problem, but help you work through it and give you some resources for overcoming this because it's a big, big deal. So Dr. Maurer is going to take it away and uh, give us some good operational definition of sleep. Yeah, so it wasn't all that long ago that people thought that sleep was just a passive state. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to sleep, Nothing really happens. You may dream, but, you know, your body just shuts down and that's it. That it Literally, right. like they're even talking about, you know, before the 1950s that they really didn't realize that a whole lot was going on. Right. And around that time when they started doing studies, they realized just how much of a dynamic 
active state sleep really is. Uh, there's so many different functions going on. A lot of times, uh, one of our lunch and learns we do, a specific one, they eat better, sleep better, move better. Yeah. I think you maybe give the same or similar analogy, but if we think of your body as something like a department store, and let's say it's a department store on Black Friday. Right. So when you think about that store, what it goes through, you know, we have mass chaos. There, You end up with toys all over the place. You end up with clothes everywhere. There's spills on the floor. You end up with stuff from the hardware. It's in the Who knows what's going on in the bathroom. That's what I was thinking. Donuts and coffee. You know, it's been into hell, yeah. So, you know, outside waiting. Employees, the staff, they, they, you know, employees and staff, they try to keep things under control. But, you know, by the end of that day, it's just a mess. So, you got to get that cleanup crew to come in. They're going to come in restock the shelves because everything important is now gone they're gonna tidy things up clean up the floors unfortunately you think about that guy who has to clean up the that person has to clean up the bathroom i can't imagine that's no good that's a one-day job so the thing is does that job and quits if you only give that cleanup crew two hours to do the job it's not going to be ready for the next day the store is not going to be ready so it's the same thing same thing with your body if if we don't give it enough time to do all the different tasks it needs to do, your body's not going to be ready for the next day. It's okay. not going to be able to function properly. Gotcha. So during sleep, I'm just going to refer to two different sections. We have the rapid eye movement or okay. REM sleep, right. and then we have the non-rapid eye movement. And that has four different stages. I won't really get into those, but there's, there's key factors that occur. Uh, if we're talking about that REM sleep, which typically occurs... It can vary from person to person, but let's say like from an hour to an hour and a half into your sleep, you might get into that uh, that REM pattern. And then it kind of cycles through. You cycle through those four stages of the non-REM, and then you go through the REM. But during that REM, different things happen. We see blood flow, heart rate, respiration, body temperature, and blood pressure of a person. Those all tend to rise. Right. You see the eyes, of course, underneath the eyelids. They start darting back and forth kind of scanning the environment, which may also be accompanied by muscle twitching. So a lot of things are happening during that time. The biggest thing, though, is activity of the brain and the nervous system. Mm-hmm. During that REM, it tends to be where, where things are, those nerves are even kind of regenerating. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge deal. Yeah, it's a processing of information. I, uh, I saw a study a long, a long time ago when I was in grad school, and they talked about how much happens in the brain during sleep, like the the reprogramming of neurons, changing of memories, the ordering of it. Essentially, the, what you've learned that day is becoming locked in, you know. And they talk about it. If that didn't happen, if the brain was just regular, you know, awake or asleep, then it would have to be almost twice its size. And there's a specific kind of mouse that doesn't have, and its diencephalon is twice as big as the next mouse that does do those kinds of activities when asleep. Like it's a huge deal in terms of how efficient your brain can be because your brain's like, when you're awake, it's just trying to keep you alive. When you're asleep, it's processing and learning. And that's like, that's incredibly efficient. You know, you're passed out, but your brain's up there just working as hard as it can. So, Yeah, it's even amazing. Like with the dream part of it, right? you know, during the REM sleep that it actually looks like that's, that's your brain kind of, kind of deciphering all those thoughts and memories in your brain trying to, to reanalyze things. That's cool, man. And then, you know, the non-REM, I mentioned those four different stages. Mm-hmm. 
all those are very important too. And that tends to be when they they think that a lot of the physical, um, you know, like oh, okay, muscle repair, muscle repair. You know, yeah. if you're working out a lot later on after Dr. Matt talks a little bit about the effects of improper sleep, I'm going to add in a few things when it cool. comes to working out. Athletics. That's important, man. So we'll talk about that, but yeah. Muscle repair, which you're in the gym a lot, very, very important. Yeah, just leave um, it on the table, just like the stretching, yeah. you know. And the like, building of the muscle as well absolutely. during that time. So we always get the question, you know, how many hours of sleep do right. you get? We you always hear seven to eight. Now, I, I do believe that's a bit of an average. I think there are people out there who maybe they can get away with six. And right. there's people who maybe they do need... 10 especially if you're more active <laughs> right. you're in, you know you're right. doing a lot you maybe you maybe need a little bit more yeah um, but if you're if you're getting four consistently <laughs> yeah unless you're uh, like you're in trouble yeah like i can't imagine how low your your metabolic rate like just your baseline would be that you would only need calories for four hours of activity you know that you would have that on board that's crazy yeah. so that's crazy. and so i mentioned improved nervous system but right. there's other brain things that occur it's been found to help reverse depression uh, increases concentration that's why it's so important to get the program right. out of sleep before test day right uh, improves learning and memory a big one here in the office is maintaining emotional harmony right you know in addition to that things like boosting your immune system i always think about a graph that they always used to put out from colleges looking at how many trips students made to the health center. Right. And it would be going along kind of steady, and then you hit midterms, and it spikes way up. That's right. And then it goes back down pretty steady, and then you hit finals. Right. Now, a big part of that might be the stress. Right. That's going to affect the immune system, but I would say possibly even a bigger deal is they're not getting the appropriate amount of sleep. sleep. Like they don't, so you, that, you know, you, you burn just being alive, you burn chemicals, you burn hormones, you use them. And if you, those don't get made until you go back to sleep. Right. And so people just, they're going on yesterday's stores of stuff. Yeah. It's a real big deal. And I don't understand why it's not, why we don't talk, why it's not the first thing we start talking to you about. I think it's because people are, they think it's boring because it's, you know, yeah. you're not doing anything. It's not active. Like, yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, you got to shut it down yeah. for a minute. It's that mindset of, you know, oh, I I understand what they're saying, but like it doesn't really affect me. Or right. they're talking about stuff, but it's not really—they're not really talking to yeah, me. That's not same, me. Same thing with the yeah. tick, the ticks. It's like, oh, yeah, I know somebody. Like as soon as you start talking about ticks, I was like, oh, yeah, I know somebody that had that on yeah. them, but like doesn't address like it could happen to you. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, where's that guy? Yeah. You know. Great. <laughs> He's not my patient. I don't yeah. care. You know. <laughs> I'm talking to you. That's when you just like pan, yeah. pan face. You're like, okay. What did I just say? I think I repeat it back to it. It's yeah. like, uh, uh, ticks are bad? Yeah. <laughs> like, question mark, question mark, question mark. And then I don't know if we want to get into circadian. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Circadian I, I, rhythm type deal. I think you have to. I think you got to talk about it for a little bit. So if you haven't heard of circadian rhythms, it might be good to, to Google it as well. But we have yeah, a it's little really brief. cool. The, the graph, it, it, compared to like in the 50s and 60s when they're initially doing that research to the, how it looks now. Like they've got it down, man. Yeah. I so know what's going on and when it's going on. When it's doing, yeah. So it's, it's like your own, your body's biological clock and certain things need to happen at certain times during the day. And a lot of studies show that the human body's actually set on a 25-hour clock. Oh, okay. But when we're exposed to light, our bodies readapt to the 24 hours. So that's very interesting as well. That's cool. But yeah, there's certain, you know, 
it makes sleep even more important because there's certain things like we talked about that need to happen during sleep. If we don't get that proper amount of sleep, or let's say things are thrown off because we our shifts, our work shifts are changing. We go right. from first shift to second shift to third shift. Oh, or, there's a huge tornado. Or like yeah, all over. We wake up at 1.30 because the sirens are going off. <laughs> the sirens are going off. Like last night. Yeah. So that tends to throw everything off and it kind of exposes our body to potential issues because there's certain times of the day where things can go a little bit wrong as well. You tend to see things like um, heart attacks, yeah. being closer to that lunchtime frame, um, strokes happen at a certain time during the day. Yeah. So if we mess up those those rhythms, that biological clock, by not getting the appropriate amount of sleep or not possibly not going to bed and having that routine we talked about, that can affect those rhythms and cause a lot of different issues. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, the, uh, the circadian rhythm was like kind of a, the joke of yeah. behavioral science in the 40s and 50s, and then they started to be able to look at these hormones. They were like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. I mean, it makes sense that the, the human body and its relationship to the sun or absence of the sun, you know, that happens at the same time every day. Give or take, you know, and so the fact that we would develop a relationship with that timing, that's not, that's not weird. That's not an ordinary, it's just, it's it's just a function of survival. Yeah. That's right. So, okay. All right. Now, Dr. Matt is going to make sure that everybody understands some of the consequences of not getting enough sleep. And uh, he's pulled some pretty recent stuff. So, all right, Dr. Matt. Let's talk about that perfect sleep, that perfect time for that body to, to heal. And then let's look at the jet lag that happens that's really associated with your body not getting enough sleep. It's the bizarro of sleep, right? So it's not that it's not that it's the, you know, everything goes wrong, it just gets delayed. Everything the body's supposed to be doing during that time isn't going on. So let's talk about when you're sleep deprived, ghrelin and leptin, the guys that control hunger and fullness don't get released and then pick back up like they should while you're sleeping. And so you have an overabundance of one or the other that's kind of hanging out. So, the, you know, the change in metabolic rate that happens while, you're, while you go from sleeping to wakefulness, mm-hmm. it changes. And so, like, you'll have more of an appetite for all the bad stuff. You'll have that, oh, that, really? sh- that sweet tooth. But it'll cause your body to not, not be fired up. Like, instead of eating every... Two to four hours, you're you're eating like a couple big meals, and your body's not reducing that stuff and using it like the way it should. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so you're eating a bunch more. The other thing, lack of appropriate muscle repair. So yeah, I know, I know a lot of people in our practice exercise on a regular basis. Yeah. So when you're not when you're not getting enough sleep and your body's not pumping enough blood to those muscles and your your body's not shutting down. Because once your body enters that, that REM sleep, you're, it says, okay, we're asleep. Let's, let's repair it. Let's make these muscles to where they improve on what you've done during the day. Right, same let's thing. Let's get hypertrophic. Yeah, let's you do know. this. And the same thing happens with brains as well, with your brain as well, because it helps re- reallocate the... It helps reallocate the stuff that you've learned during the day and helps create more neural and new neural pathways right. between each of those Which junctions. is learning. And exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So all the stuff that you just studied for, if you don't get a good night's sleep that night, chances are right. you haven't learned anything. Right. I mean, there's um, got to be a ratio out there. Yeah, there's got to be a ratio. Like, right. If I don't learn it, you know, 
if I don't sleep, maybe it'll all stay right there. But if I if I sleep, you know, before the test, but I won't have enough time to study because I'll be asleep. And it's like there's got to be some. Yeah. So, <laughs> on a side note, don't try to put a book underneath your pillow and then sleep because that that doesn't give you the knowledge that you're gonna need. Yeah, it's been tried. It's been yeah, tried. Yeah. Tried and proven false. <laughs> It's been tried. Okay, so the one of the final things we'll kind of talk about is the release of hormones or the lack of release of hormones yeah. so from the pineal gland, right? Oh, our buddy. Yeah, the uh, old melatonin. So it's just hanging out. It's hanging out. It just once you get some rest and like you're not closing your eyes, you're not doing the stuff that you do to actually help you go to sleep. Your melatonin never doesn't shows up. Made. That's right. It doesn't show up. It doesn't show up. And when that when that doesn't happen, irritability. Lack of the irritability, the irritability, right? <clears throat> irritability, um, fatigue, disorientation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, wrong side of the bed, right? Crabby, you know, short tempered. Yeah, <laughs> like all of these things. It's not because you're a bad person, it's your body telling you you need to get some rest, That's you right. need to go to sleep. It's a survival mechanism, you being a crabby. POS is a survival mechanism. That's right. Also for the people around you. Yeah. Like, Stay I need to get away. away. Stay away. I need to get away from this person. So that's that that bizarro kind of yeah. like, um, this is what your body needs to do, and this is what your body's not doing. That's right. If you've ever wanted to experience uh, sleep deprivation, when I when I started talking about jet lag, that's one of the things you can actually kind of key in on. Hmm. People experience jet lag not because they're in a plane, but because now their body is experiencing a new circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. So change in sleep, change, gotcha. in, change, change in eating, change in what you're doing during the day. Gotcha. A drive will do that somewhat, but not as much. The, the if you drive road, fast enough. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, so, yeah, so those are kind of things to kind of look at and be aware of just in general. Yeah, so the biggest thing is it's not, it's not a luxury. Right. Like, yeah. you know, it's not... Well, I got four hours, you know. Well, I got six hours this night. Like, you will not be at optimum health if you don't get enough sleep. Like, it's not maybe, not if, not hopefully. Like, you, your body, like Dr. Brad said, it's like a grocery store or it's like a, a, a superstore. If it doesn't have time to fix itself and clean itself up and get ready for the next day, how could you possibly be healthy? Like, it's not magic. It's sleep. Did you have something else to add? I just wanted to key in on some of the hormone stuff as yeah, well. Please. And, and Matt mentioned we do have quite a few people who like to spend time in the gym. Yeah. And man. I mean, just the the muscle building and the muscle repair should be enough for them. But I found a pretty good study on hormonal effects, the hormones that, that directly affect muscle growth and, yeah. and things like that. Basically, Saul Orwell and Curtis Frank put all this, gathered all this information, but they looked at insulin, they looked at testosterone, and they looked at uh, growth hormone yeah. and how those are affected by sleep. And they, they found some pretty interesting stuff. A lot of people with insulin, of course, that could be an issue all in itself, yeah, with, boy. You know, especially type 2 diabetes. And, and so there's a little bit of correlation between the lack of sleep and insulin, but also insulin has been shown to help with protein synthesis, mm-hmm. which ultimately... Or it, block it. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's that's where insulin comes in with the the muscle building and the and the spending the time in the gym. In these studies, they found that reduced sleep for a prolonged period of time can uh, decrease that insulin sensitivity. And then along with that, with the testosterone and other anabolic hormones, so anabolic means basically building up mm-hmm. tissue. Um, they were also suppressed uh, with deep sleep uh, with sleep deprivation and. Uh, 
With both of those though, what they did find with the insulin and the testosterone is that they did normalize relatively quickly oh. if people are able to catch back up on their sleep. So but, yeah, you're not losing all your gains if you have a crappy weekend. Yeah, or if it's just one night. But I think over a prolonged period of time, Absolutely. people aren't recovering, then, then that can definitely have an effect. Yeah. Uh, in their studies, they showed that um, getting three or fewer hours of sleep for five days reduced testosterone by over 10%. Yeah. Uh, another study showed it was up to 30%. Yeah, reduction. because it just it can't make it because you're not asleep. Right. It doesn't do it during the day. And then finally, uh, growth hormone was, was the last yeah. one. Yeah, GH, and boy. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, I looked at one quote, and it said, the most powerful stimuli to initiate the secretion of growth hormone is sleep and exercise. That's you're doing it. one, but you're not getting the other, then you're just leaving it on the table. Trouble. Yeah, I mean, how many... I mean, these 18-year-olds we have now can just pull the car door off, just pull it right off, but they can't touch their toes, you know? And it's because they, they, they're not getting that recovery, that, that flexibility. Like it, it's such a big deal. So hopefully everybody understands that sleep, you know, it's not, if you want to be healthy, if you want to maximize your output, you're getting some sleep because you, you do the work, you stimulate the body, you learn the stuff, you lift the weight, you do the cardio, but then you don't sleep, you're leaving that on the table and you're hurting yourself. This is especially true with weight loss, man. The enzymes that come in and that lies, the L-Y-S-E, they lies the fat, they pull it off of its shelf and, and metabolism. That happens only when you're asleep. You know, you can lose water weight on a treadmill, no problem. You want to burn fat, you better be asleep. And you better stimulate that kind of fat loss. And I'm sure we'll have a whole series of podcasts where we're screaming about that. But, you know, keep that in mind. You're not getting the results you want. Are you, when's the last time you had, you know, let's get a good night's sleep. So now what we're going to do, what we're going to try to do is tackle every, each one of us has a couple tips for getting a better night's sleep. We're going to put these all together. They'll be on the website, of course, mfwellness.org. We're going to yell about this stuff just a little bit so that people don't think we're just here on some cloud telling people what to do and then leaving and then not doing those things. So Dr. Brad, you going to go first? Sure, sure. I feel like we should start off with a little bit of self-promotion. The best kind of promotion, yeah. Dr. Maurer, is self-promotion. So get adjusted regularly. So yeah. chiropractic adjustments. So a lot of people initially think about the pain side of it. Of mm-hmm. course, us helping remove the pain is going to help you sleep better. But to a bigger degree for us is the effect we can have on the nervous system. So if you wanted to, you could... You can find a lot of research out there. Yeah. I'm not going to go into it now, but on how chiropractic. Yeah. Uh, Somebody wants us to murder them with paper, we will send it your way. Yeah. And the, and the improvement with sleep associated with that. Yeah. So just make sure you're uh, getting that upper cervical checked out. Mm-hmm. All right. Dr. Matt? So the next one is let's talk about how many cups of coffee you have at 9 o'clock at night or how many sodas do you drink at 9 o'clock at night mm-hmm. or Anything like that. For so me, it's we like want, 5 o'clock. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Right. So we want to avoid stimulants uh, late in the day. So if you've been in the office, you've seen Dr. Josh and myself drink one or two cups of coffee. One or two. One or, or two. Nothing more, four. but nothing less. Sure. Sure. And we do that because it, it it's kind of our thing. It's we kind of our, it's kind of our cycle. We need yeah. to be able to hear your bones. But once we get home, we don't have anything that that provides extra stimulation regarding the intake. So Also, we have our rule, no coffee after lunch. That's right. That's right. Um, so avoiding stimulants late in the oh, day yeah. is, super, is super I'm serious. important. Yeah, yeah, but. Super, super important. Uh, are you proud of us? I, well, yeah. Thanks, man. I'm going to check up on you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fantastic. So, yeah, Dr. Matt, you know, and stimulants can be like Dr. Matt said, a coffee, or it can be, you know, man, back in the day, the lights went off, you went to sleep. Now, flip that Netflix on, you got your zombies, 
You got your dragons. You got all this stuff, you know, and watching that stuff and then trying to go to bed. God was uh, watching that stuff and then trying to go to bed. That Like, okay. You know, yeah. give yourself some time to decompress after you watch that stuff, you know. So besides, you know it's going to have a bad ending anyway. Like, you know. I think even watching the news, you know, some people oh, yeah. watching the news. That can yeah, happen. the tornado's flying overhead. Like, I'm going to go to sleep now, you know. Maybe don't don't watch Cliffhanger. Yeah, there's a real there's a real cool study that talks about um, the one with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, <laughs> it's so action packed. I remember you and Jeremy going to see that. Oh, you man. guys were like, oh, we gotta go see that again. Yeah, we were we were studying for finals and we skit. We like it was like eleven o'clock. We went to see it. it's back in the day when you could go to a eleven o'clock movie, and. Uh, like, oh, God. there's like three or four things I totally missed. That I was like, this is incredible. There's a, a really cool study uh, done a little bit ago that talks about the difference between watching and reading. And watching something just blows that information right onto the occipital lobe willy-nilly, you know, right down the, the optic nerve. But when you're reading something, there's room for interpretation as the different parts of the brain cooperate to make the picture in your head. It's really cool. But it's not as directly stimulating as watching something. So it's, it's easier on the brain, as it were, if you were reading. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, my tip, turn that bedroom temperature down. You know, having it to where you need to cuddle up with something or throw that blanket over it, that's a really a primordial reflex that stimulates what, what, what we call the hormonal cascade that sleep is. You know, Dr. Maurer, Dr. Matt, just spend time talking about all the things that are going on when you're asleep. There's a really specific sequence of hormones that have to be going in certain ratios for you to fall asleep. We, we call it the, the hormonal cascade. And one of the things that sets that off or helps it stay going is having that bedroom temperature turned down or not high. You know, some people just need it to be 20 degrees and some people need it warmer than that. But I feel like it has to be a compromise. It does. Whenever we talk to yeah. spouses, so first thing. Like one wants it 80 right. and the other one wants yeah. it 60. That's right. It so is. you got to compromise. It is. Get close to 70. Yeah, you know, I guess, separate, you know, first, yeah, first you want to stay, you know, in a relationship. But after that, then you want to be able to get some sleep. You know, that's, that's on the list of priorities. Yeah. That, that's mine. All right, Dr. Brad. Yeah. And next one I have, I think should make a lot of sense, and that's exercising regularly, uh, whether, you know, cardio, resistance training, all that. It makes sense if you're using your body a lot, you're wearing it out. Right. Once bedtime comes, you're going to be ready. You're going to be wiped out. Absolutely. Ready to go to sleep. Yeah, it's the difference between that nervous energy, you know, and having that physical energy, you know, and get, the only way to get them both out is to be dead tired. Right. You know, it's either do the, like a kumite or something. Sure. Yeah. It's been a while. Love everything about that. <laughs> All right, what's yours? So reducing electromagnetic frequencies or EMFs in and around the area where you're sleeping. So EMFs can actually impede the production of melatonin and affect the body's circadian rhythm, which we've already discussed. The exposures in the bedroom can undermine sleep cycles and cause many ailments and symptoms, right? So allergies, irritation of allergies, tiredness upon waking, heart palpitations, muscle pain weakness, it weakens your immune system, mm-hmm. like all the things we've already talked about. So we really, really need to reduce the amount of electronics is what we call it in my house. Right, electronics. 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 It only means one thing. And the only reason why that's the case is because when we say put the iPads away, it's like, oh, does that mean I can still play uh, Nintendo? Right. I'm a jump on that Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, I can, uh, I can still go downstairs and play Wii U, right? Yeah. Oh, right, can I play right. Xbox? All right. electronics off means all electronics off. off. There's other things. Manage your cell phone. Put them into airplane mode. Try not to keep anything that has any kind of plugged in near and around. Yeah. You know. 
Right. So it's a liquid crystal display. Like yeah. it, it's a wave. You turn it off, that that display turns off. That that's that delta. It's a similar to like a delta wave that it releases, and it doesn't go very far because it's going to propagate in three hundred sixty degrees. But right. if it's right by your brain, then it, <laughs> it can interfere with yeah. that. It's a very similar. Say at least six feet. As, yeah. As a lot of times. Yeah. So, so you have to have it in your room. Yeah. Make sure it's phone for emergency. Yeah. Totally. Like last night. You know. Totally. But it doesn't need to be in your hand, in your ear, while you're asleep. So. Yeah. Okay. Very good. And then uh, I've got what's my? Oh yeah, sleeping in complete darkness again. You know, starting that that hormonal cascade, setting those those behavioral and visual cues to tell your body it's time for sleep. When it's cold and it's dark, then it's time for sleep. That's what we're trying to tell our body and tell our brain. And it's a great way to be able to recreate that context for falling asleep. So. The next one I have is a journal, and I mm. think this one's great for people who, you know, if you're one of those people who you're getting ready for bed, everything feels good, you're tired, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go right to sleep. Right. And then you lay down, and then every single thought from Absolutely, that day. Absolutely, man. All the stresses you had, things that happened at work, things Absolutely. that happened at school, things that made you mad, everything starts flooding into your brain, and next thing you know, you're, you're an hour in. And you're still not asleep. So right. with the journal, it doesn't have to be some fancy leather-bound <laughs> monogrammed yeah. from your attache case. Uh, it could be a piece of notebook paper or just a notebook, a regular notebook, and a pen. Right. And it's when that happens, you know, flipping the light on real quick. I like the writing down part. I guess you could probably have a tablet or something. But oh, that's I, true. I'd rather write it down, get it on that paper. It's because we're old. That is the biggest reason. <laughs> old, old school. Also, old school. Yeah. Old school, not old. So write down everything that you forgot to do that day. Right. Write everything that you're thinking about that you need to do the next right. day. If someone made you mad at work, you could potentially write down things you would like to do to them. Touch yeah. Your why, are you lo- yeah. why are you looking at me? But yeah. this is something to where it's good that you do write it down because you can tear that up. Perfect. Get yeah, it moves of, it from Burn the- it up. You're the angry, going to kill you side of the yeah. part of the brain to the planning on how to kill you part of the brain. Right. And over there in the planning, that's no problem. We can go to sleep with that. Yeah. But we're still mad. Right. It's on that one side. Yeah, that's, that's a, right. That's so an awesome tip. Writing all that down, that it tends to allow people then to yeah, get off their brain. Focus. Go and, back and to sleep. You know, that, it takes energy for like, oh, I got to remember that. Oh, I got to remember that. Oh, I got to remember that. You know, you get three or four of those things that you all got to remember. That's a bucket of energy that you're wasting. You're just generating this cycle in your brain, and it's not going to let you sleep. Like, it's it's one of the most powerful things we talk to people. Like, just get a piece of paper and write down what you got to do tomorrow. Just start there and see where it goes. It, it works every single time. Yeah. Cool. All right. Relaxing bedtime routine. Mm. So you can in- incorporate, if you have children, one of the best things about that is once once dinner's done, once hanging out, all the homework's done, mm-hmm. uh, 7, 30, 8 o'clock, mm. what happens? Brush your teeth, pajamas, give mom and dad a hug or whoever a hug, and then get in bed. Yeah. Lights off, fan on. Uh, right. Super, super tiny, super tiny nightlight if they need one. Yeah. Um, but you can apply all those same things to yourself. Yeah. And you should. Right. You should. Get yeah. a routine, keep to it. Every single time, if you want to watch a show, don't stay up late. Just record it. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's the same thing at the same time every day. Like that, you got kids, you got babies especially, same thing, same time every day. That's why holidays are such a pain in the butt because everyone's like, oh, bring that baby over. Well, hey, stay a little late. Hey, why don't you guys hang out a minute? No, these kids go to bed at 9. You know, these kids go to bed at 9.30. Yeah, we go to bed at 9, then these kids get up at 7. 
But if these kids go to bed at 9.30, then they get up at 11 and light the house on fire. You know, like, with, like no, same thing, same thing. And then the, that part you were talking about with the, uh, sleeping in the dark, like, you know, we're not cats, but we're pretty good in the dark, you know. And then having, there's little glow strips you can get any, anywhere. They just reflect light a little bit. You put those on the things around your house that'll break your toe, you know, so that you can avoid those. And you can get, you can do a lot in the dark, you know. All right, cool. Cool, cool. And then uh, mine is keep your bed for sleeping. Like we, you know, I remember, I didn't even, couldn't tell, even tell you what the inside of my parents' room look, bedroom looked like. I Nobody ever went in there. <laughs> ever, 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 you know. And uh, I feel like my, my sons have moved into mine. Like, I, you know, they, don't, I don't, they call it mom's room. Like, I don't, yeah. like, I don't even get in the list. Yeah, can we know? snuggle? Can we play yeah, iPads in the So you come in, there's no. 15 people, and you're like, get out of here. Get out. And it goes with that, that, that visual and behavioral cues, you know. It's dark. It's cold. You know, this is the place where I sleep. But if this is the place where you also balance the checkbook, play the, the switch, and do all this other stuff, and the kids are always running around in there, you know, then that's just not going to work. Yeah. You yeah. know, so you have to make sure you keep that, that bed for sleeping, which everybody else is in there messing yeah, around. Especially removing the stressful things, yeah, like you talked about, yeah. housing checks. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah, your yeah. taxes. Right. You don't want to be associating that with the place you're trying to sleep. Like, it's just ridiculous. But a lot of people do because we're so used to multitasking. And that's fine, but do your multitasking in your multitasking area. Yeah. All right. And then going along with that, actually having a good mattress. Yeah. And I know a lot of the mattress companies, they say every eight years you need to buy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty sure the we can yours and get away a little longer than that. But if you have a mattress that is older than you, it's time. Okay. You know, it's time. That's but, a good rule of thumb. It's, you know? it's way past time. Yeah. If you're 30 and that mattress is 31, it's handed down to you. No. Mm. No. Mm. It's broken down. It's just it's a super flammable hazard. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. Super microscopically there's you don't want to know. Yeah, I've already thrown we're we've given ticks enough time. We've given that right. species enough right. time. We're not gonna talk about it anymore. So uh, yeah, if it if it's time, you know, find yourself a good deal. It's a memorial weekend. Oh, we yeah. probably pass that by the time Shoot. but well, time you know, people stores and like it's all they're eternally going out of business. Yeah. Like you know, like oh we're out of business and like drive by next week, you're like, wait a minute, we're back. <laughs> Like, what's going on with you guys? You put us back in the business. You got it. <laughs> you got it. We need to sell exactly one mattress per sale. All right. Fantastic. There you go. There's your tips. We're going to put them up on the website. If you have any feedback or any tips of your own that you'd like us to pass on to patients or just general outrages at our podcast, you can email Kim, K-I-M, at M mfwellness.org so that's kim at mfwellness.org kim what yeah, what do you think of the podcast how do you kim? feel about that kim <laughs> nothing for kim no, would, just, would you say we did a really good job kim i, I think she did would. we address all the points you wanted us to <laughs> if she were here she would have done a, a minimum of hand waving and freaking out i'm sure we've forgotten some things but uh that's what she gets so again check the resource center for all the things we talked about today and um, if you get a second, you know, whatever you're listening to us on, please like us or leave a review so that other people will be able to experience the blessing that is the doctors of Midwest Family Wellness. So, And then let us know that you did or screen cap it for us so we can put you in our drawing to win our completely awesome T-shirt. And if you haven't seen this T-shirt, I, you'll probably cry because it's the finest. Would you guys not agree? Uh, have you finest, ever put anything like on your... Ilk. Have you, I mean, have you ever put anything on your body so right? Nice. No, it's pretty nice. It's just not nice. that I can think of. So for Dr. Fink, 
for Dr. Maurer, for Kimberly and myself. Thank you for listening, and we will see you in a couple weeks. Bye.